0: Good morning, everyone. Isn't it good to be in God's house? I mean, I, I love it, and happy Mother's Day. If you're here, and or if you're uh, online, I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. I was reminiscing a little bit this morning, when I was a kid, they always had uh, the oldest mom, the youngest mom, the mom with the most children. You remember that? Uh, you know, and uh, they would receive a, a, a trophy or uh, accolades. Uh, my thought was on, on Mother's Day, it always has apostrophe S, mother apostrophe S, as in singular, one mom. So I don't know whose day this really is. I'll let you guys fight that out. Uh, I think it's probably because we all have one mom. But uh, anyway, it's a great day. This is normally, I speak. On, on a topic related to Mother's Day and, and I am going to shift gears a little bit And stay with what we have been talking about Over the last uh, few weeks We talked about Christ our Savior that, that we are saved by grace through faith Then we talked about Christ our Sanctifier That he changes us and challenges us to be more like him So when we get to heaven it won't be so foreign to us we can actually become more like Christ. And then last week we had just an amazing service with Christ our healer. And I wanna begin this morning, I wanna to talk to you about Christ our coming king. Don't you love that? That's what we're looking for, isn't it? So, and, and I don't wanna, I, I don't think I can get it all in. In fact, I know I can't get it all in in one week. So here's what I'd like to do I wanna talk about Christ our coming king today. And in reference, I want to talk about the rapture of the church. Then next week, we're going to talk about missions. We'll have a missionary couple with us. It's going to be great. you're going to love it. And then, then the following week after that, I want to talk about what happens from the time of the rapture all the way to the end of eternity. And then after that, I want to talk to you uh, about I want to talk to you about the devil. the devil, you say. Yes, I want to talk to you about the devil. I want to talk to you about where he started and where he ends up. And I want to reverse it. And I want to talk to you about us, the church, where we started and where we end up. Because the devil's always going down. We're always going up. So so I just want to put him in his proper place. I want to let him know where he's going. And, uh, you know, because uh, it's not going to be good. You know, but he deserves it. So. There was a, a, a songwriter in the late 18th century, early 19th century, named J.B. Vaughn. And he wrote a, a, the, the song that many of us have, have sung when we were younger, uh, We Shall See the King When He Comes. And the words to, to one, of the, one of the verses goes, There is a blessed time that's coming, coming soon. It may be evening, morning, or at noon. The wedding of the bride united with the groom. We shall see the king when he comes. Think about that for a moment. It is... I know when you're, when you're thinking about a wedding and, and, and those of you that are, are married or, or you're getting ready to be married, as that day approaches, you get more excited and more excited and more excited that everything is going to, to actually come together. In your, and it's one of the greatest days in your life. And, and this writer, J.B. Vaughn, in the scripture echoes this same sentiment That that the time of Christ's return is a glorious time. It's the time that the bride of Christ, which is the body of Christ, which is you and I, the church, those that he has forgiven, those that he has pardoned, those that he has redeemed, those that he has saved, those that he has cleansed, and he has prepared us, and we are wearing robes of righteousness, that when he comes, he's more excited to see us than we are to see him. Isn't that amazing? Now, I want to, uh, if you would, if you would bear with me, I'm going to have the guys in the back help me if you would go to the next slide, please. This everything that needs to happen, Christ's return, has already happened. The birth of Christ, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, his ascension, into heaven and then the church and that's where we are and the very next thing that's on the list is the Lord's return. It's Christ returning for his church. Don't you love that? So everything that needs to happen has happened. Uh, the, The Passover, Pentecost and the very next very next uh, thing that's going to happen is the Feast of Trumpets, the the res, uh, the the Rapture of the Church, and then comes the Day of Atonement and and the Tribulation, and then the the Feast of Tabernacles or the Millennium. But I, I want to I want you to to. Uh, write down these scriptures i'll I'll go through them and i have a lot of them and i don't think i'll read them all but if you'll write them down or put them on your phone uh you'll be able to go back and look at them Uh, on our next slide i want to talk to you about christ's return for our church for the church Acts 1.11, the angels that are, are there are speaking to those that have just saw Jesus go up into the heavens. And he said, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, that, that's, a, that's a powerful phrase, this same Jesus, the one that you saw go up, who has been taken from you. Into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Just as you saw him ascend, he will descend. Same Jesus, two thousand years ago. Same one is still alive and ready to come back. Isn't that, isn't that powerful? We're going to see him. Uh, look look at look at our next. Uh, Scripture: First Thessalonians 4:13 through18. He says, "Brothers and sisters, I don't want you." This is Paul talking to the church in Thessalonica. He said, "I don't want you to grieve like those that have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we also believe that when Jesus comes, God will bring back with Jesus all the Christians who have died. Don't you like that word all? It's an inclusive. Aren't you glad he didn't say some? It's all the Christians who have died. I can tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not rise to meet him ahead of those who are in the graves. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be ever with the Lord. If you'd go to that second, uh, that next slide. And verse 18 says, so comfort one another with these words. I know I didn't read that exactly because I memorized it in the good old King James Version. Because if it was good enough for John the Baptist, it's good enough for us. I want you to look look at what Christ's return will be. If you'll go to that next slide, Christ's return number one is going to be personal. First Thessalonians four sixteen says, "For the Lord Himself, not somebody else. He's not sending an angel. He's not sending a, a cherub or, or a seraphim or or any other creation. The Lord Himself will descend from heaven." With a commanding shout. When you look at that shout, he's not just going to give a a war cry, he is going to give a command. And what he is going to say is, Come up here. Think about that. He has power over life and death. Christ is the only one that has conquered death. He is the only one that has died and rose again and is still living today. He's as alive today as he has ever been. The man, Christ Jesus, the one that was fully God and fully man. And as he ascended into heaven, he is going to come down from heaven and he is going to give a proclamation, a command to all those that know him. Those that from the very first all the way to now that are dead and buried. If the Lord came back right now, he would say, come here. And no matter where they are, whether they're in the grave or they have died in the sea or wherever they may be, they will obey that command and they shall arise. There is nothing that can hold them down. There is nothing that can defeat them. There is nothing that, that, can, that they can keep them from hearing the voice of the Lord when Jesus stood before the tomb of Lazarus and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Sometimes I I, I think that the reason why he had to say Lazarus because if he had just said, come forth, they would all came out. He has the power to do anything he wants with life and death. And the scripture tells us that if you are his, when he says, come up, you will rise. Don't you love that? They'll put a little power in your, in your heart. Doesn't that make you feel good when you think about all the troubles and the worries of the world and you look around and you say, you know what? When the Lord speaks, he's greater than E.F. Hutton. I don't know where that came from. And I apologize if something else just jumps out. Not only is it going to be personable, it's going to be visible. Look at this, Acts one eleven. men of Galilee, just as you have seen him ascend, you're going to see him descend. It's not going to go unnoticed. We have all of these... uh, you know, all these stories or all these movies about the rapture and all of a sudden, you know, somebody, you know, you see the bumper stickers, you know, if this car is unmanned, you know, at the rapture, you know, and like people won't know that ten percent or fifteen percent or how or whatever percent of the world's population is gone. They're gonna know. They're gonna see it. It's gonna happen. Isn't that incredible? I always worry sometimes when I'm flying, you know, because like, uh, you know, do I really want my pilot to be a Christian, or So, yeah, but I'm going to be gone anyway. I'm just worried about everybody else on the plane. Uh, visible and physical. It's going to happen. It's not just a spiritual connection that, oh, we're going to disappear. We will physically be transformed. We will physically be changed. It's going to be personal. He's coming for you. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't uh, forgotten about you. He is coming for you. When you gave your heart to him and he said, you are mine, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. God never forgets his promises. He loves you far greater than you could ever imagine. And my guess is he's going to be like parents are on Christmas Day when their kids open up the presents and you watch their face and you just smile because you see them. Can you imagine what it's going to be like for Christ because he has gone to prepare a place for us. And when he sees us transformed and we see all the glory and the majesty and the splendor that awaits us when we are there, can you imagine the joy that's going to be his? Let's go on to the next one. Not only Christ's return will be uh, personal, visible, and physical, but it's, it will also be for the dead in Christ first. Those that have died will go first. That's what the Scripture tells us. Then, secondly, the living. So if the Lord came right now, if he came right now, right now, at this moment, right now, and... And the dead in Christ, those that that have known Christ, that have passed on, would go. The living, you and I, would go right after them. And the Bible says it's going to happen in the air. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. So the Lord is not coming completely to the earth just yet he's going to meet us in the air he's going to be in the air he's going to call us from the air we're going to go meet him he's not going to come all the way to the earth just yet in a couple of weeks i'm going to tell you when he comes to the earth and and we get to ride and i'll just give you a hint i hope you like to ride horses It's the living second. It's going to be in the air, and it's going to all happen in the blink of an eye. When the Lord does a work, he doesn't take a lot of time. He gets it done. This is something he's been wanting, looking forward to for a long time. The living will go right after those that have died in Christ And the Bible says that we are going to be transformed. And we don't know what we're going to be like, but we do know this, that we're going to be like him. So I don't know what my new body is going to look like. I don't know what you're going to look like, but I do know this. We're going to be known as we're known. We're going to know each other. The Bible says that we'll have a new name. I hope mine's really cool. And we're going to be like him. And our body that we will have then, because we are spiritual beings that live in houses. We are designed that way. We are spirits that have to require a house to live in. And that new house that that the Lord has gone to prepare for us is going to be so powerful it's going to be so amazing that we'll be able to be there in the air with him and the Bible says that that we will be completely holy we will have shed this carnal nature so that body is going to be so strong and so powerful that he can pour in and an amazing power of his spirit there's going to be so much of the presence of god in your life that it was if it was in this body it would consume it think about that think about how much of the presence of god you're actually going to be not just around and not just see but in you Come, Lord Jesus. Let's go on. Christ's return will be very soon. I like that, very soon. The Bible says, uh, Jesus is speaking. He says, behold. In other words, stop, look, listen. I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me. He's not going to say, I'm coming and then, hey, come on over, I'll find your reward. He's bringing it with you to render to every man according to what he has done. Isn't that a powerful? The Lord is coming quickly. You say, well, it's been 2,000 plus years. You know, it's, the Bible says a day is like a 1,000 years to the Lord. It's like the old. It's like the guy that said, uh, "Lord, how much is a million dollars to you?" And he said, "It's a penny." And he said, "Well, how much? How long is a day to you?" And he's about a thousand years. Uh, and he said, "Well, Lord, would you give me a couple of pennies?" And he said, "Yeah, in a couple of days." I, I apologize for that one too. The Lord is coming soon. He's coming when the task is finished. Matthew 24, 14 says this, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Do you realize that every language and every tribe and every nation and every tongue will be around the throne of God? That there's going to be representatives You think God's inclusive? It's going to be one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen in your entire life. You know what we're going to be doing? Worshiping the Lord. When the task is finished, when the gospel of the kingdom is preached to the whole world. We have, we have people that, that attend this church that, that work for crew in the Jesus film project. Yeah, I talk to them all the time, and I won't mention Tom's name. But their goal is to get the gospel in the hands of every language known to man. And we're getting close. Isn't that great? The Bible says, uh, not only is it uh, soon when the task is finished, but before the tribulation. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? That our our life is going to be perfect? No, there's a difference between being persecuted and, and the wrath of God. There's a lot of Christians that have given their lives for the gospel. There are Christians today, men and women, that are suffering and that are dying, that are giving their life for the cause of Christ around the world right now. So, persecution is not wrath, persecution is persecution. Jesus said, don't be surprised when they don't like you because they didn't like me. And don't be surprised when they mistreat you because they mistreated me. So it's not that our life is going to be perfect and pristine and full of, of wonder every day. And and I'll be honest, we as Christians in America have it really Easy, And you need to thank God that, that he has allowed us to be in a place that we can walk in on a Sunday morning without fear of, of government coming in and hauling you off to jail or taking your life or, 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 uh, or taking everything you possess and throwing you in prison just because you follow Christ. It's important to understand that, man, we have it easy, but we need to thank the Lord that he has blessed us. And I guess the question to be asked would be, what are you doing with that blessing? Let's go on. Christ's return will also be sudden, quickly. Jesus said in Matthew 24, but understand this, know this, comprehend this, get a grasp on this. If the owner of the house had known what time of night the thief was coming, he would, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. What is Jesus saying? He is simply saying, if you knew that a thief was coming in the middle of the night, you would be ready for him you and Louisville Slugger would be standing by the door. He said, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect it. The Lord is going to come and it's going to catch everybody off guard. So it's going to happen unexpectedly. Matthew 25 talks about the parable of ten virgins. And and I'm not going to read the entire passage, but I will say this. That whole passage of Scripture is simply about be ready. All of them were eligible, but only half of them had prepared themselves. And it just simply says, be ready. It's going to, he's going to come at a time unexpected, and, and we need to be prepared. Scripture says that two are going to be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. And what he is saying is that you're going to be working, and, and then when it happens, it's just going to happen, and you're not going to have time to prepare to get ready. It's important that you and I stay prepared and stay ready now. It it's more like an earthquake than it is a hurricane. Uh, I always hurricanes, man. But you know what scares me about hurricanes? It's all the newscasters two weeks before. A hurricane's coming. A hurricane's coming. By the time it actually arrives, you're terrified. An earthquake is like boom. Oh, what happened? Oh, that was an earthquake. Let's go see what it did. The Lord's return is not going to be a hurricane. It's going to be an earthquake. It's going to happen. Let's go on. Let's talk about a couple of signs of the end, and then, and then we will, we'll uh, wrap up here in a minute. Paul talking to Timothy, he said, Timothy, here's the things that you need to, to look at. Here's some signs when the Lord's return. There's going to be some terrible times in those last days. Terrible, terrible. if you translate it out, it's fearful. People are going to be terrified. People will be lovers of themselves. Now, everybody loves themselves. You know, I don't know anybody that gets up, looks in the mirror, and says, Man, I hate you. But at the same time, this is talking about those that prefer themselves and love themselves above everything else in the world. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. So moms, you can use that today. Ungrateful, unholy, without love. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. Think about that for a moment. We live in a, in a time where we have made sinful practices legal and we praise them. And righteousness is getting rapidly known as narrow-minded and insufficient to meet the demands of culture. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Look at this last one. This one really grabs my heart having a form of godliness but denying its power saying you're that you're that you know the lord but denying that it actually transforms or does anything else i i recently watched a a video of, or a and it was, a, it was a person that I know that was doing things, living a way that is contradictory to the, to the law of God, to the word of God. And it's very blatant, very easy, very simple for any Christian to look at and say, they're not living right. Not only are they not living right, they're endorsing things that God hates. And yet they said, man, when I get before the Lord and stand before him, I just want him to say well done. They had a form of of godliness, but they're really denying what godliness is really about. It's about transformation on the inside that reflects on the outside. Let's go on. Let's go on. Signs of the Here's Peter talking. and He said, first of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is the coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it's always been. They're just going to simply say, I don't believe it. I've heard it so long that I just don't believe it. I wonder if, if that's what Noah came across after building the ark for 100 years. Can you imagine telling people it's going to rain. Well, what is rain? It's water that comes down from the sky. Well, we've never seen that. Well, neither have I, but it's going to happen. So what are you doing? I'm building a boat, so when the rain comes, I'll be able to float, and I'm going to survive. Do you want to come? Do you want to help? No. Can you imagine the scorn, the scoffing, The ridicule that Noah and his sons endured for 100 years. Can you imagine the scoffing and and the scorn that Christians endure today? You weak-minded people, you feeble-minded that have to have Christianity as a crutch. (laughs) you <laughs> That, that you're talking about a, a man that lived 2,000 years ago and you say he lives and you say he's coming back and you say that there's going to be destruction but nothing has ever happened and I'm doing what I've always done and I get to do what I'm always doing and I'm being blessed and I'm being happy and you're telling me that all this is going to happen and it hasn't happened yet and I just don't believe you. And we're at a point in our culture that that there are many that are beginning to scoff and Make fun and consider that Christians are feeble-minded. But I want to encourage you, just as Noah kept on building, keep on trusting in the Lord. Keep on doing what you need to do because that trumpet is going to sound. And then, who's in the boat? Let's go on. Scripture tells us that we need to be ready. Titus 2, he says, it, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life in this present age while, that's the key word, we wait for the blessed hope. What is he saying? Trust in the Lord. Live for him. Serve him. Get as close to the Lord as you can. He also says to live a life. He doesn't say, you know, cloister yourself and and huddle yourselves together. He said, live your life, but live your life a self-controlled one, one that loves the Lord, one that obeys the voice of God in your life. 1 John says this, and I'm going to close with this. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. 1 John says, dear friends, I love that. Now we are the children of God. Now, right now, we are the children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know this, that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And listen to what the the very last phrase of this passage says. Everyone... Everyone, not some, not many, not a few, not the select, but everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. That's a, pre- a present, active, indicative. Word. It simply means that you continually purify yourself. Everyone that has the hope of Christ's return, when it's present in our mind and in our heart, we're constantly looking to be more like him. Sometimes in my own life, and I, I'm gonna ask you to stand with me if you would. There's been times in my own life that I've, that I've looked and I said, well, you know, and, I, and I've caught myself not thinking about the Lord's return, not thinking about, about that hope that's in me. And, I, and I, I get concerned too much about the things that are around me and I forget to purify myself with that hope, knowing that no matter what we go through in this life, when we get there, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. And I'm not saying this life can't be incredible and can't be amazing, but I will promise you this, that no matter what great things that you have in this life will pale in comparison to what the Lord has prepared for us. Lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust doesn't corrupt and thieves can't break through and steal. That same author, we will see the king. He said this, O oh, my brother, are you ready for the call to crown your savior, king and Lord of all? The kingdoms of this world shall soon before him fall we shall see the king when he comes we're on the winning side we are on the side that says Christ is supreme my friends purify your heart allow that hope that he has given us to set you free it will set your heart free it will set your mind free it will set your spirit free it will give you a little spring in your step every single day knowing that when the trumpet sounds man that's when real life